So Nicholas, you want to you want to get in real close to the microphone if you're going to whisper. But but if you're going to yell, you want to move back from the microphone so it all stays at a relatively constant volume. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, afternoon, or evening whenever you are listening to this. This is Manfully Live podcast. My name is Mike with a mic, and next to me is Deacon Nick. If this is your very first time tuning into Manfully Alive podcast, it comes from a well-known quote from St. Irenaeus that says, The glory of God is manfully alive. Well, in order for a man to become fully alive, we have to unite ourselves with who, Nicholas? Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the only man in history who has ever been and will ever be fully alive. alive because he is not just fully man, but he is fully divine. Indeed. So how do we get to know our friends? Well, we... Typically talk to them. Absolutely. We've got to get to know them. We've got to dive in. And uh, we've got a lot to dive into this week. Yeah. So let's let's get to know Jesus through the gospel. And I'm going to go ahead and kick us off uh, this first time. Yeah. You usually do the first prayer, but I think I want to take it this time. Excellent. Pray it up. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Dwell with us and help the words of the gospel to permeate our being and to not to just be words that, that settle in our ears and, and change nothing about us, but Lord, let your words influence our ourselves, our thoughts, our actions, and, and the whole of our being so that they can take a root and bring life to all those that we encounter and, and especially to those who we try to love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week's challenge was, uh, and, and this was actually two weeks ago, because uh, both Nicholas and I took a uh, slight vacation for the uh, 4th of July holiday. Family week. And indeed. so the following Sunday, we, 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 we did like most people do, and we took a vacation. And so I hope you all forgive us for giving you one week without are robust baritones in your ear. But more importantly, the question was, and the challenge was that we left, was to be the spiritual leader in your home or native place. Because that is the that is the hardest place, as reflected by the Lord, that when he went home to the place where he was just not the son of God anymore, right? Not the, uh, not the Messiah, but he was just to them, Jesus, the carpenter's son. Yeah, yeah. Did in in Mary your mom? She's very human. Yeah, very. Yeah. Huh. So, I I really honestly believe I uh, I gotta say I I think I failed in this one a little bit. I uh, hmm. I did a good job of making sure that prayer was occurring within my family and within my home, but more importantly than just just letting those moments occur is to be the leader that that shows the devotion shows the respect right it's it's the difference between showing up and participating sure yeah so i i would say over the last 2 weeks i had a couple couple successes but i don't know if i was fully the complete spiritual leader that i needed to be in my home yeah what are your thoughts 
Well, uh, I would say I had some successes and some failures as well. As as well, I'll put a little accent on it. All right, um, but um, show did that's right. Show enough. <laughs> um, it was it was not a good representation of a week in my family because my daughter was actually out of town hanging out with my parents down in Texas, so uh, the family dynamics were a little bit different. Um, but my wife and I uh, did pray, and we did attend Mass, and we did all our regular devotions. I would say the one area where I did try to enhance it a bit is when my daughter did come back, you know, and I learned, it was sort of a humbling experience for me. I, I learned that, you know, I might be a leader in the church and be a deacon, and I might do things like funerals or Eucharistic adoration. And yet when it comes to my daughter, like I have no power, right? Like none. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it shouldn't have been a shock to me, but of course I couldn't help but getting a little upset. I tried to coax my daughter into coming to daily mass with me. I'll be up on the altar, honey. You can sit in the pew. I'll be right there. You can see me. Da, 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 da. Yeah. She wasn't having it until I finally put my foot down and said, no, going and seeing Jesus when you have an opportunity to like is important. So you should, so you're going. Um, which I hope was the right choice. I don't know. We'll see. But in the long run, um, it was okay. She knows how to behave herself when she's at Mass. But yet at the same time, of course, it was two minutes before Mass while she was still playing on her cell phone mm -hmm. and, you know, playing games. And then the second Mass was over, it was nothing about the Mass, but, oh, Dad, let's go to Starbucks. So, I mean, I don't know. I hope that her being there is uh, grace enough, good enough. I don't know. Uh, I right think I think that's the point of right now it's proximity. Right. Well, and, and developing yeah. the habit. The habit isn't going to be monastic life and prayer right. straight out of the gate. Right. It's just yeah. getting to the church and just being in the presence of the Lord. And we were even talking about this earlier. I think so often I, I, we were asking, what was that, that word you use? A theophany. A theophany. Yeah. An experience uh, of God. Like a, a true experience, personal experience of God. And I, I was, I was asking you, is there a way that the church uh, the people of the church, the the staff, the clergy could create for the parishioners of the parish, a theophany experience. And as the spiritual letter, leader in our homes, oftentimes we as dads are like, no, you need to experience God, right? <laughs> right. So you're um, coming. So you're coming. But yeah. I think that's the point is we need to relinquish the control of those theophanies to the Lord. Yeah. Right. Because I cannot create an experience for them. I can create the environment that would allow the experience to occur. Right. Right. Yeah. As I said earlier, uh, you, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And it's true with our children in terms of the Lord. You can, you can put them in the church. You can have them right in front of the Eucharist. You can have beautiful music playing. You can have, you know, their best friends encouraging them in the faith, but if they don't want it, it can't be forced. Yeah. Well, and to the example that, uh, just this past week, actually, uh, I saw a video that Matt Walsh put out. And Matt Walsh is a uh, relatively prominent uh, figure in uh, in the conservative news network and kind of talking on campuses about the importance of God, the understanding of God, and uh, just really a well-known, very Christian man. Um, but he was saying, really, what is, uh, what is love? And uh, it was a question about really understanding the relationship of God. And so... Uh, when a man meets a woman, there is that initial attraction. And sometimes that attraction can be what you say, oh, and then we immediately, we, we made eye contact and we fell in love. Fell in love. Like, and fell, that's not an 
a, a voluntary verb, right? That's an involuntary right. action or reaction to seeing and laying eyes on maybe what who would become your future spouse. Now, the interesting thing about that is, is that is not, at that point, that's not pure free will. And it's not real love either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the point, is when there's an emotional or a physical attraction at the beginning of a relationship, that's not true love right there. Right. What, what true love comes from is the voluntary choice to love that person yes. after you've <sighs> regained your free will. And so his point was that when we're trying to be these people of these Christians that are leading people back to the faith, you know, it's, it's really, really important that you allow people to choose to love God. And God doesn't want servants based out of fear. He wants us to know him and love him. And you cannot fully love if you take the free will away from it. So true. So true. Well, and, and not only fear, but also, you know, hysteria, you know, yeah. you can't, you can't have fanatic <clears throat> bouncing off the walls feelings and be in love with God because love is peaceful. Love is kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's not a calm about us in terms of our presence in the Lord and our devotion to him, mm, we still have some work to do in terms of falling in love and serving God. So yeah. uh, I think these are all good pointers in terms of how we as husbands can point our families in the direction of faith and truly be, as the goal said, spiritual leaders in our family. Uh, if we keep some of these sort of pointers or whatnot uh, in yeah. mind. Yeah, these topics need to stay as close to front of mind as they can when you're going about your day is that right. <laughs> you can't create the experience of God, but you sure can help the environment to allow God to work. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is where I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people ask the question about what, what media, what TV, what magazines, what stuff is invading our families and our homes so that we can concentrate on the Lord rather than other yeah. things. And are they bringing us closer or further away? Right. It's all, those are all good questions. Well, uh, okay. So we, we've got a pretty, um, uh, Pretty interesting gospel today, but uh, it's one of those shorter gospel readings that is a tie-in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So, very much so. um, Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and kind of do a little reflection on what the first reading was, and then we can go right into the uh, what the gospel? Yeah. Well, the the first reading is from Jeremiah, and it's really God recognizing the fact that the leadership of the Israelites of God's people are not shepherding them, are not truly loving them. And so God, in his righteous anger, tells them that um, you have done a poor job, and so I am going to become the shepherd of my own people, because all you've done is lay burdens on them, and I am going to judge your evil deeds, and I am going to ensure that my people are led uh, by a good shepherd, by somebody who loves them. Which is so quintessential to the, even that tie-in from the, the challenge from last week, right? If, if we cannot first love in that voluntary sense, right? Just my love is is a free choice. The way Christ voluntarily loves us, he wants that equal free will love from the the shepherds to the flock. And the flock is us in this example. So it's it's important for any shepherd to first love the flock that he's leading. And yeah. if and if you can't, then how do you 
how do you even hope to create some sort of bond that's going to allow them to love you back and, and freely choose to be led? Precisely, precisely. Which leads us well into the gospel. So uh, I guess I'm up. Go for it. Okay, I'll read it. Let's see. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in a boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I, I really love you know, the simplicity of this gospel because it's just talking about the great desire that I think every man, woman, child has for a master. And so these people are exemplifying uh, even myself and my own my own desire for for truth, beauty, love. And Christ being this ultimate example of this is just drawing drawing crowds just because of the witness of his truth and him being himself. Yes, he loves them. Absolutely. And in fact, this is an illustration in reality of the description that Jesus gives us of the good shepherd himself. And so as the good shepherd, he says, uh, the sheep know my voice and I know them. And you see in this gospel message, you see the people recognizing their shepherd, sort of. It's like they can't call him the shepherd. They don't understand that that's what he's doing, but they are enthralled by him. They have to be around him. He tries to essentially escape with his disciples on the boat in the water and to go to the other side, and they hear about it, and they run to the other side, and they and beat the people, him there. The people on the other side, and this is, this is the gospel that leads up to uh, the feeding of the of the masses, right? Yeah, the 5,000, right? Yeah, so this is, it's very quintessential that you have this moment right here where you're stopping and you're saying, when you've experienced Christ, when you've, when you've had that theophany moment, that all of us as, as men, as, as uh, husbands, fathers, brothers, sons, should be pursuing that, that Christly moment. The, the biggest piece here is that once you experience him, you will hunger to experience him again. Precisely. Yeah, that's why we're going to that feeding of the 5,000 next week in the Gospel of John. It's going to sort of round off, round off our understanding of what the Good Shepherd is, the way in which he provides. Um, and they know him. They, they understand his goodness even without understanding precisely who he is. Um, and and he, he promised them, promises them, just like he did in the first reading, <coughs> excuse me, as a Good Shepherd, there will be no fear. There will be none missing. All will be fed. I, you know, he's moved with pity. This is an important line. Pity, not like, oh, I pity you. Oh, you poor little child. But pity is in, oh my gosh, you need something and I can provide it. And I'm going to, because I love you. Yeah. It even states their necessity for it. He says, people were coming and going in great numbers and they had no opportunity even to eat. Yeah. So, 
This is this is like the uh, they're the, denying you know, themselves food to be near near him. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, gosh, I love it. But yeah. it's it's also uh, it starts this gospel with the apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all that they had done and taught. Right. So yeah. at this point, they're they're already being sent a little bit out to begin the teaching of what he shared with them, and and yes. so. Oftentimes, people use a uh, a lack of full fullness of the knowledge to even engage the conversation, right? Oh yeah. Oh, well, I don't Lord. know enough about the faith, so I can't go and teach anybody yeah, anything. Yeah, but yeah. that's not the call. The call is to spread the good news at all times. And what's most powerful about our ability to share the good news is not our knowledge of theology; it's our knowledge of Jesus. If He has done something spectacular in your life, is He? If He has moved your heart. If he has caused within you great love to overflow, that's how you witness Jesus in your life. Yeah, I mean, if, if he's healed even the smallest wound, that could be a spectacular wound that someone else carries and you don't know. Yes. Right? Um, help me get over the, the loss of my grandmother or something. That You say that to the, a person who's in pain and, and maybe has carried a scar with them their whole life. Because of the loss of someone like that, that could be the thing that that causes that conversion moment. So sharing those little moments, those little nuggets, right? Yes. Of the Lord, or it's it's paramount. It's it's not in our ability to impress with our theological knowledge. It's our ability to share the way in which God has entered into our soul and transformed us into himself, um, which is precisely why we need to take time to digest this gospel and ask ourselves. It's, it's funny you would say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like we should come away by ourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. <laughs> rest a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. And may, perhaps we should join the five thousand and recline. Perhaps to recline eat. in the grass. What? Yes, to, Have to them eat. recline on the grass. Yes. Uh, but, I, but but I wanted to say, you know, I think it causes us uh, to pause and ask ourselves: In what way is Jesus our shepherd? Do we do we truly allow him to be the shepherd of our life? In fact, that might very well be the challenge for this week. Which is, it's difficult. You have to relinquish control uh, in order that in order for that to happen. And the, the, the world glorifies those who have control over every aspect of their lives. Yeah. When, honestly, the most joyful seem to be able to be present with anyone at any time, even if they are fully in control. Yeah. Or fully not. I'll never forget hearing a, a, a homily one time where the simple nugget of truth that the priest was trying to get across. He simply said several times throughout his homily, he said, possessions possess. And he's just getting across the fact that the things that we own sometimes end up owning us. But that includes our 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 desire for or even our our blind belief that we think we're in control. Because the more we think we're in control, the more we have to hang on to it. And the more anxiety that builds within us trying to continue to have control. But when we relinquish that and we recognize the fact that God is the author of all life, we can rest in Him. We can allow Him to take control of our lives. Um, and the Good Shepherd just, does just that. That's why He leads and feeds and teaches His people. As above, so below. As within, so without. It's the idea of uh, what I think, the thoughts that I have, mm. right, are what my body enacts. Yes. Right? Um, and... As within, so without the things that I 
believe inside, if I believe that everyone else is cynical and evil and out to get me, that oftentimes I'm cynical and evil and out to get others. Absolutely. And so governing your thoughts, especially within these moments of, you know, interacting with other people, it's, it's so paramount that we think highly and, and loving of the stranger, because as opposed to allowing fear and, you know, the bad news that constantly surrounds us to, to jade us towards the stranger, the stranger might be the one that needs us the most. Just even from a, from a kind smile to, uh, remember we were out having tacos that one time and we just had this wonderful conversation with our, our, our waitress about, uh, you know, do you think the relevance of talking about what men should be in these gospels, we were still throwing around the idea of doing this podcast and kind of what we were going to do. And, uh, she was like, no, I think there's a huge necessity for that. And this is a complete stranger raised, raised Catholic, not practicing. Have you heard this story before? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> well, I was raised Catholic. Well, uh, what happened? Sure. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I would encourage our listeners really to think about uh, the ways in which Jesus is the good shepherd in their life and, and what parts of their life they can I don't know, open up or expose or make vulnerable to the Lord so that he can shepherd them. <clears throat> and honestly, I find that the title that goes well with Good Shepherd is oftentimes uh, the divine physician as well. There's so many opportunities for Jesus to come in and to heal us, to to heal those wounds, those battle scars of the world our work, our anxiety, our stress, our difficulties, the things we expect, the things we're disappointed in, the ways in which people have hurt us. Um, and I think the combination of good shepherd and divine physician um, is one and the same. The You remember that example you said where there was the big giant pasture full of a bunch of different sheep from a bunch of different oh, flocks? Yeah. Will you, will you just do me the honor of sharing that story one more time? Oh, yeah. I, I remember we were talking about the topic of the good shepherd, and this uh, friend of mine showed us a video of an actual shepherd, like actually in the Middle East. And uh, the sheep are literally a quarter mile away. And there's other shepherds off on these little hills, off in the distance. And uh, he's speaking some other language. I don't know what it is. He turns to the camera and says something. The next thing you know, he turns around and he faces, faces the sheep. And he does like this really loud but kind of unique whistle. And the next thing you know, like out of the hundred or so sheep that are up on this hill, like 20 of them just all of a sudden are barreling with all of their might down towards the shepherd and they're following him simply because they knew his his voice. They knew his his whistle. They belonged to him. They followed him and he shepherded them and, and they truly belonged to him and he to them. Uh, and it was beautiful to see dumb sheep animals following their master, recognizing who he was. And it took me back recognizing the fact that I don't, always respond with such gusto and energy when the good shepherd calls me. That's precisely the biggest struggle for me. I mean, I can only reflect personally on that, but when Christ calls me, when Christ is asking me to do things that I do not want to do, mm. right? Yeah, That is when I need to be Dumb enough to be smart enough <laughs> is, is, a, is a phrase an old boss of mine used to say, but just to be dumb enough to allow 
the will of God to be the way forward. Because so often we believe that we know better than God. And time 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 and time, again, you're going to be proved wrong that he knows what you need and what you require for you to be the most happy, fulfilled, loving, kind, handsome version (laughs) of yourself that will attract not only others to you, but more tightly bind your family together. Absolutely. You know, and you say, you know, dumb enough, but really what that means is humble enough. Willing. Yeah. Just willing to allow relinquishing of that steering wheel of our lives. Yes. So what's our challenge? Yeah. I think the challenge is let God in to the crevices of your life. Allow him to be the shepherd of even the smallest of details. You know, it will be easy to let Jesus guide you in terms of work choices and major family choices if you will also let him in in terms of, what am I going to do with this extra hour I have to myself today? How productive does Jesus, or how prayerful does Jesus, or how whatever does Jesus want me to do with this hour that I have? Yeah, is it service? Is it silence? Is it scriptural reading? Is it... Whatever it is. Playing with my kids, yes. you know, like do not pick up the smartphone, just play with your kids. Yeah. Calling that old friend that's just going through a rough time, just allowing the Lord to pick you up and be an instrument, yeah. right? You don't have to be in tune. You just have to allow him to pick you up and work with you. Yeah. And before you know it, you will be the in-tune instrument that's making beautiful music. Yeah. Um, do you want to close us in a prayer? Absolutely, yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the way in which you shepherd us in our lives, even despite our own stubbornness, our own blindness, our own inability to hear your voice. You shepherd us and you guide us, not against our will, but most definitely for our betterment. And we thank you, Lord. All the blessings in our life are a pure gift from you. And all the ways in which we suffer in this life, you are journeying with us and granting us the grace to move beyond them and to heal from them. And so we ask you, Lord, help us to be aware of those crevices in our life where we need to invite you. Help us to know the thing you want to heal the part of our life we need to relinquish, the way in which you desire to guide us towards peace, towards love, towards yourself, Lord. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. For Manfully Alive Podcast, my name is Mike with a mic. And I'm Deacon Nick. Have a great week, guys. Thanks. Bye.